Hi everyone, welcome back to A Cup of Cozy. My name is Oriana. And I'm Wanda. Today we're going to be talking about honest dating advice. Which means dating advice that is really honest. Yes, and some of the things you may agree with, you may not agree with, they may be popular opinions or unpopular, but we're going to be honest with you guys, per usual. So, here we are. Here we are. My hair is in this like strange thing because we went outside and it is so windy. The Northeast has now become the Santa Ana wind epicenter. Oh yeah. Like we get these strong 40 to 50 to 60 mile an hour winds and it is just incredibly strong and everything blows everywhere. We're very lucky though because our all of our outdoor furniture is anchored. Like we have these very heavy duty bungee cords that keeps them down. But it is hysterical because at any given time you hear all kinds of things and you realize it's the wind blowing God knows what all around the world. Here. But it's like all the time now. Like every day yeah. we turn around and it is windy. Long Island, Santa Ana. And it's annoying. And if you guys live in Santa Ana or have been there, how do you the do it? The wind is like yeah, off how do you the do charts. It all the time? It's crazy. Makes your hair knotted. There's also like when you go to Palm Beach, there's a season. When it a is windy so season? windy in Palm Beach that... Um, I wonder too specifically... Not Palm Beach, I'm sorry, Palm Springs. I meant to say Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. The, I wonder, though, what it means for them, like, geographically, that it gets so windy. Well, it's where they're located. But I, I know from having gone to Palm Springs, because Palm Springs is my <clears> favorite <throat> part of California, there's a part when you go, like, you literally can't sit outside because the wind just gusts and you know luckily it's that doesn't happen in like miami beach because there's so much sand it would be bad but yeah palm springs in california has the same kind of thing so we are going to get right into today's topic and again um this is just our opinion our experience and just some thoughts um i always talk about i've i've lived quite the life and in, in relationships and I hope to always serve as a lesson to things not to ignore. And things, I think also you yeah. have to start right out of the bat that say dating is hard. It's, very it's hard. always been hard. <clears throat> it will always be hard. It's difficult. Because even if you know somebody for a long time, when you make that change of knowing them to dating them, there's so much that you're, you, you want to tell them everything about yourself and you want to let out everything about you uh -huh. so they know right off the bat what they're getting into. But at the same time, you're like, oh my God, how much of my crazy do I let out before they run out the door on our first date? Right. Which will bring us to our first thing. And I truly do believe this. Anything that you think is baggage or that you think is something that you, that's deemed as crazy or irrational for the right person, they will be able to deal with those things with you. That's not to say that they're not going to be like, holy shit, this is a lot. But they will be able to walk that path with you. There shouldn't be something... Because if one thing about you is going to drive somebody away, then that's not the person for you. And I will right. start off by saying that. And, you know, yes, I agree. Everybody has a breaking point. But certain things, if that's going to be the demise of your relationship, then it was always meant to be. People, and I'm a, a, yeah, a strong, ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. I'm a strong believer in relationships are meant to be because they're meant to be. I truly believe that the universe puts in your path the people that are supposed to be in your path 
you know, the old saying for a season or a reason. Yes. And sometimes you do have to date a lot of people before your soulmate finds you and you find them. And I just think the universe has that person for you. The circumstances weave you and push you and set you up and down the path to get to that person. Um, I also believe some people never find their soulmate. And I don't know why that is, but I just believe that's the way it's supposed to be. And I also believe that some people settle because they get nervous about being alone or being too old. Right. To be we with always a we always talk about those things of societal standards, and there's many different kinds of societal standards. Whether it be the age that you should be married by, or the race that you should marry, or when you should have kids, or who should be the person that's working in the relationship. And I'm going out and like earning a living, not like working at the relationship. Right. You know, there are all of those things, which I do think pushes people to a place of settling. Because they're like, well, it's I'm 34. I only have about two more years to really have kids before it becomes problematic. And, and I think it's I'm not funny, this and I'm not that. Through the ages, we've gone through people, of course, like, you know, in the Middle Ages, people got married very young because they didn't live very long. Right. So they did get married at 13, 14, and 15 because the average age to live was like 35. Right. Could you imagine being married at 14? Imagine dying at 35. That's, right. That's, that's even worse. I, don't, right. I, I could do the marriage. That's not the hard part. <laughs> the marriage is not the hard part. You know, and then we went through a period of time when, like the 50s, when my parents got married, it was very common to marry the neighborhood person, uh, People you went to school with. High school sweethearts. That was all very common. Then we got into the 60s where we were like, free love. We could sex it up all over the world and not have to marry anyone or be monogamous. And then we got into the 70s, which was the disco era. And people tended to meet and marry the people they met in clubs. Could you imagine? No, that's the truth. That's, I know, but like, could truth. you imagine? Like, I think of the people I met in clubs, and I'm like, ooh, boy. And then in the 80s, we kind of no. settled it down to getting married in our late 20s, early 30s. And then we had the 90s and the 2000s, when people were, at that point, so career-driven that marriage wasn't even on their minds. And got married in their middle to latter 30s and 40s. 40s right. And I think that you're kind of... And that's where we kind of are now. now we're kind right. of... We're now in the, like, whatever suits you. Right. Whatever is best for your life, your relationship. Which, for the most part, I do believe that is the correct way to live. You have to live... And not just the timeline for yourself in a relationship, for the timeline that works for both of you. Because you always have to remember, in a relationship, two people are present and should be equally heard and validated... Compromise comes both ways. Right. You want a person to walk the path with you. You don't want a person to walk in front of you or behind you. You're walking that path in equal status. And now for me, um, my life as far as relationships, I've had very serious relationships, a few of them. I also did a serial dating kind of thing at one point where I thought, you know what? It's not working having a serious boyfriend. So therefore, I'm going to date everybody and anybody that comes my way. But the biggest thing for me was marriage, even though I was born in the latter 50s, and um, I grew up in a time when I could basically do whatever I wanted, career was very important to me. And I did not, I was kind of a commitment phobe. I was always thinking to be with one person the entire part of my life do I want that? Can I do that? 
And then it got to a point where a lot of my friends were getting married. Not all of them, but a, a large part. And I just felt, you know what? When it happens, it happens. And I didn't ever feel pushed by my family. But for me, I was not ready to be committed to someone and have children because I felt there was so much traveling and things I wanted to do. And I wanted to be that person that when I finally settled down was like, okay, I could stay home now and be a mom and be a wife and do all the things with another person all the time. Which again, you know, there's always unforeseen circumstances. You know, people do get pregnant and all of those things. But it is important to make sure you have lived the life you wanted before it's time. And I'm not saying you can't live those lives when you you're will, married. It's a It'll be way. different. But really make sure because you don't want to look back 10, 15 years from now and be resentful of the people in your life now because you didn't get to be you and have and, time you know, for yourself. We always use this as an example, you and I. But you don't ever want to be that girl that you committed to someone and then you get the opportunity to go to Paris and you can't go because they can't go and they don't want you to go without them. Right. You want to be able to go to Paris. So go to Paris, go you know, go to the Middle East, you know, Do go to Southeast Asia, wherever it is you want to go. And then maybe someday you'll take that same trip with your significant other. But and it'll be you know you've got it. You've gotten to do it. You know, everybody, if you grew up in like the 90s and the 2000s, like myself, there was that episode specifically because talking about Paris of The Hills, um, which was the spinoff from Laguna Beach. And Lauren Conrad gives up going to Paris because at the time she was dating Jason and like he didn't want her to go. And it was like a whole thing. And she's and, always been the girl right, who didn't her go to Paris. Boss, even said to her, you will now always be known as the girl who didn't go to Paris. Where she could have had opportunities for things. And look in the long run. She didn't stay with Jason. So it's right. not even like you gave oh, it's this not up like for... she's not happy. She's right. got beautiful children. She's got a clothing line. But you gave she's up something housing. then for someone that wasn't even permanent in your life. Right. And that's what you have to remember. Is the person in your life even have the possibility of being permanent? Does that still mean you could give up what makes you happy? Right. Because you do... Because without you being happy, there is no way, shape, or form that you are going to be able to make another human being happy. If you are so filled with regret and what-ifs, you will never be able to settle a person <clears throat> to have the journey with. They will always feel unsure and they will always feel resented because now you're like, well, I'm responsible for you now. And how much respect do you have for the man or the woman in someone's life that says, no, go do it. I'll be here when you get back. And the people that how love you. How much respect you, is that? That's a person that really loves you and cares about you right. because they're like, fulfill your dream. And, and I'll be here to cheer you I'll on. be here. I'll right. be here for it. Because the person that does love you and the person you should ultimately, ultimately end up with will be your biggest supporter, will be your cheerleader, will be there no matter what you choose to do, big or small. And I mean, it, working in my industry and being involved with somebody in my own industry makes these things 10 times easier because if we're both on set, we're both on set. If we're both, you know, doing this, we're both doing that. We understand each other's lives more than I think some average people do, unless you do work in the same field. And for a very long time, I always, you know, and I will stand by in certain aspects, 
it's hard to sometimes date people in the same field as you. Sometimes it doesn't work because of ego. And I only believe because of ego. But I do think in the long run, it is easier to date and marry and be involved with people that are sort of in your same field because they understand. Mm -hmm. Like if you're an airline stewardess, it kind of makes sense to date a pilot because they know what that schedule is. They're yes. not going to be the person that's like, what do you mean you're doing this? And you, then you get to be in the Mile High Club. There you go. So like I said, it is easy. An actor dating an actor is always going to be an easier thing because you understand filming schedules or if you do theater, theater schedule. Like you get all of those things. And you see, although my husband was not in my field, our hours of Coinc work right. coincide. Uh, my husband was married before me and his wife before me. Their hours did not coincide. She was on nights and he was on days. Right. They're divorced. See, that's the other thing. Maybe not necessarily even like the same field, like in my case, but the <clears> same <throat> hours, sort of, like a nine to five. Right. And you see, for my husband, at the time, I worked in Jericho and he worked in the town of Oyster Bay. So we were within the same realm of where we worked. I went to work, you know, he went to work at 530. I went to work at 730. He came home at 4, and I was home at 3.30. So our hours right, were again. very, very close in time. And it made for, especially making our first year of marriage, very easy because we were home for dinner at the same time. We could do things in the nighttime together. He worked on Saturdays, but Saturday was my day to clean the house and get myself together, go do the little errands I needed to do, which gave us the weekends to be free for each other. Now, here is where I think our younger listeners that may be in relationships are going to have a little bit harder of a time. Because I want to be honest, having lived, you know, a life with relationships from when I was a very early teenager, 13, 14, to being a 30-year-old woman, we're going to talk about how... Who's 30? <laughs> I'm 35. We are going... You know what's so funny that she <coughs> said that? It's not that long ago we were in a, a Zoom meeting because we work for the same foundation together. And... <laughs> She said that, and there's a guy, he's new to the foundation. He actually believed that we were sisters because she said that I'm 30 and she's only 35. And, like, he was like, oh, so you're sisters. Yeah, he didn't think that we were mother and daughter. He's like, oh, you're sisters. He's like, I wondered how that relationship Yeah, I wondered was. how you guys were related. But this is where it's going to hurt a little bit because everybody believes when they have that first. <coughs> I swallowed my coffee wrong. I swallow wrong fucking constantly and I'm choking like all the time and I'm like ruining my throat and it's a whole thing. But everybody wants to believe that that first quote unquote love, because I don't believe when you're 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, you really have a grasp on what the actual emotion of love is. You think that's a forever right. thing. And, and, you know, love is iffy. There, there are degrees of love. Mm -hmm. There are kinds of love. And your first love, of course, is a love. But it's not But that it may not be a love. permanent love. Right. And, like, I know there's plenty of people still, till this day, they marry, you know, their high school sweethearts. And that's and wonderful. hear those stories, and those are wonderful. But, again, it's not always realistic. The boy that you are dating in high school is probably the boy or girl that you're dating in high school is probably not going to be that end game person more than likely. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Because you that, need that person, that person served a purpose in your life. Even through all the dysfunction, I've gone through a lot of dysfunction um, in relationships in my past. They all serve a greater purpose for you to really know about yourself. And my first boyfriend in high school 
was a wonderful relationship. He was sweet and kind and a very, really, the if anybody could ask for the best first boyfriend, that was him. And the thing about him, too, was we were realistic. We, we had the conversation about what happens when we go to college. We can try to make it work, and we, we made a pact. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't, we understand that it didn't work because now we're in different places. Right. And that's and, very important. Um, so let's get into a little bit about dating, actual dating dating. Right, because I do believe there are certain things, especially when you're a grown-up person dating, and I do mean anybody over the age of 20, you have to lay out and see, do your paths align? Do you both at some point want children? If you both, if one of you does and the other of you doesn't, if your relationship matters enough, how are you going to navigate that difference? Okay. You also need to talk about where do you plan on living? How, what kind of parenting style you do know, you think you'll have? You know, if you're the person have? that you currently live in Chicago, but you plan on one day living in California, you need to tell, you need somebody, to tell that. somebody that. And I think what's the hardest part about beginning dating is how much information do you give this person and how much do you hold back? Um, I do believe that there are major things like your religion, children, marriage, where you want to live, your job. Those are all things I don't necessarily say you would have to talk about on the first date right. because th that may not be necessary. I think the first date for myself. Now, Ori, on the other hand, had lots of relationships, but not really dating. Right, date I was not a state. dater. I was a, a relationship or talking to a person type of situation. I'm not and then like getting a, into a relationship. Right. So I will tell you from my experience, the first date should be short. Even if you think you're head over heels with this person, don't. No matter how much of a great time you're having with them, no long date. Don't do dinner in a movie. Don't do dinner in a Broadway show. Don't do dinner and miniature golf. None of those things. Keep it short. Hey, are you free on Sunday morning? Uh, how about a coffee? The reason being is you want to get a quick impression of someone and grow. So I believe short date for the first date. The second date, make it a lunch. You're working, he's working, or if you're, you know, gay, however your preference is, whatever their job is, whatever your job is, hey, you know what, I'm free for lunch on Tuesday, or are you? Now, if it's man to man, woman to woman, or male to female, I think dates should be equally planned. Agree. I don't think if you're a female, you should leave all the dates up to the man, and even in a gay relationship, you're both the men, you're both the women. Everything has to be equal, and I think it should be equal in heterosexual relationships as well. As time goes on, then increase the date amount of time. Longer dates, longer time. Don't have, unless you're looking for a one-night stand, don't have someone over to your place or go to their place right out of the gate. These are all milestones that will help your dating grow and will help you to see how much more information you should reveal. Now, what do you do? I, you Like, again, because you didn't date, you wouldn't be in this experience, but I definitely think your opinion's warranted here. Mm -hmm. What do you do about you're on a date with someone and they get very personal? You can look at it two ways. You can look at it two ways. They want to get to know you faster. 
But for me, who keeps most of my personal life private, um, it makes me feel like, hurry up, I want to see if you're worth sticking around for. If not, I'm moving on. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that's the only way to see it, is both of those ways. I don't think there's sort of a gray area in this situation. I think it is either they really want to get to the depths of your personality to really know you so they we can move on to the next stages of our life and relationships, or it's kind of like, hurry up, let me know everything so I can make this decision, and then, and then if I want out, I right. want out. So I do think there has to, again, there's a happy medium in everything, and I think that's what needs to be met. Now, what are some of the questions you think that you shouldn't ask on like a first or second date or that you should kind of keep? Well, I have a list of them. Uh, should not ask? <laughs> yes. Um, I don't think right off the bat you should be asking people how many people they've slept with. Not right off the bat. Or that how many also relationships too, you've had. That also is a dangerous subject in general Even with, with people's you're numbers. Married to. We've talked about that a lot of time. Someone's number as to like who they slept with, how many, you know, that whole yeah, thing. And, and I don't think you um, should say also so like how many serious relationships have you had? When was the last time you dated? None of that is necessary. No. I don't think that you should ask how much money they make for a living. And I also don't think you should say to them. Are you ready for a serious relationship? You'll know. You'll know by what they're answering and what they're asking you as well. Um, I also don't think that you should, like, ask to meet someone's friends or family right off the bat. Don't do that. That's weird. Um, I think pretty much everything else is... And don't ask about sex. And I will tell you why. Not only for the obvious, but people will think then you're ready for that. And right, if you're, if you're willing to talk date, about it, they're thinking... And don't ask things like, so are you kinky? Because no, I will tell you, funny. I did go on a date with someone, and they asked me that. It was like the third question they asked me. Oh my god. And I was like, am I kinky? That's like, like very... That's, what, what's wrong with you? That's very cringy. Right. Um, Some of the things you should ask. So have you traveled? Right. Do you like to travel? What's the most exciting place you've traveled? Where would you want to go back to? Long con that gives you a long conversation. It's a good conversation opener. The person doesn't feel pressure. Talking you about you don't feel pressure. Two things like so. Where did where did you go to school? Even if it is high school, where wherever. Right. You know uh, what what are your what are your friends like? You know what kind of do you have like a different kind of group of friends? Do you have work friends and personal friends? Those types of things. Right. I do think you need to ask the question of like, do you see yourself like having a family in the future? Because yeah. That needs to be said because, again, that's a big... And it's okay big... to ask things like, do you come from a big family? Right. Or a small family? Do you know? Do you feel good about that? And I think right. one of the easiest things you can do is let a person talk about themselves. Give them a gateway to talk about themselves. You can do that by saying, oh, so you're in finance. What do you love about your job? You know, what makes what makes you want to go to your job every day? Or what, what do you hate about your job? And you can you can preface this, like, let's just say you're a teacher. And you can say, oh, you know what I hate? I hate, I love being a teacher, but I hate having to deal with report cards and parents and stuff. What do you hate about your job? Keep the conversation going and getting to know them, but not so personal. Because a lot of people get put off by asking too many personal questions too soon. Now, at what point do you think you and I will talk about, is the time to start saying, okay, 
we're kind of past the dating phase. Mm -hmm. Maybe he or she has not asked to be in the, you know, the the, the typical title relationship. Mm-hmm. But how many dates are like at what point do you think? You see, I don't think it comes from how many dates. I think it's that those titles need to actually be physically discussed. I think the words like, even though it may sound stupid to people, like, will you be my girlfriend? I want you Can to be my boyfriend. exclusively. Right. I think someone needs to hear those words and then there needs to be what are the boundaries? We've done a podcast on boundaries. That has to follow suit. And because you have to be on the same page. without the conversation and the understandings and knowing what that means, having those titles, it leaves a gray area in your relationship, which I do not believe that there should be gray areas in people's relationships. Yeah, but let's just say for argument's sake, because there are people that follow kind of dating rules where they're like, I wouldn't do this Stop. before this. Stop. No, they can't. It's just, the, it's just their personality makeup. You have to understand that. Like, I know people... They would not sleep with someone until a certain amount of time. So you, you have to respect that. Maybe it's not your thing to <laughs> Mom, do. Seek therapy. But I would say if you've gone out on four or five dates, I, I would say four or five is fair. You kind of if you are, are that trying type of to develop a relationship with them. And I'm not saying the fourth or fifth date. You know, people say by the third date you should sleep with someone. That's ridiculous. Uh, you know what? You don't really know somebody if you're not ready to sleep with someone on the third date. I get it. But I think by the fourth or fifth date, you can kind of tell if you want to move further, if you want to be seeing them more often, right. more exclusively. So I think by the fourth or fifth date, you, you should can know a healthy amount about them at that point. What so, you yeah. want to do with this relationship? I would agree. Um, I definitely think after a couple of months of dating. Now I'm talking about maybe going out twice a week together. Mm-hmm. So a couple of months would put you at maybe about fifteen dates. By then. If the person hasn't said, you know what, I think I'd like you to be my girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, Oops. I think it's kind of safe to say you might have someone who doesn't want to commit. Right. Or they just enjoy hanging out with you and they just don't see you as, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend material or whatever. And that's... and I don't think it's wrong for you to then approach the subject. Right. Because at a certain point, you can't just live in this, like, dating cycle forever. It's not normal. It's not healthy. Right. And it you has can't to be move the, to the next step. The, I see him every Friday or I see her every Friday and Saturday. And then, you know, we kind of talk once in a while during the week and that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you get into that pattern and it's going to be hard for you to get out of it. So you should never be, no matter who you are, whether you're the male in the relationship or the male-male or female-female or male to female, you shouldn't be afraid to be the person that says, you know what, we've been dating a few months now. Um, I think it's time we have a talk about where we see our relationship going. That's all you have to say. Also, too, I think we need to break the stigma of the gender rules of a girl can't initiate the first date or the guy has to initiate the first kiss or... That should go out the window because when you're with the right person, those things will Happen flow naturally. Yeah. You're not going to have to be like, okay, I do this, they do this, they do this, I do that. No. And take no, 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 out no, no, those no, no. social dating mores of if he texts me, I shouldn't text right away. Don't. See, or like I said, if I've you're gone still, on a date and three, I should wait three days before I talk like to Like I said, I'm so sorry. I know that, like you said, some people, they follow those things. Right. Stop with the dating no, rules. No, I Take just meant following, like, how long they should date someone before yeah. talking about something. Throw all of that away. Again, it is what works for you. But that whole, like, if someone texts you, don't text them back. Wait, 
No, that's rude and that's wrong. Don't stop playing games. That is, and I think, a what? great place to end up right now. If a guy texts a game say, playing. Let's just use a heterosexual relationship. Um, I'm better at knowing about those. But <laughs> let's say a guy texts you um, after your date and said, I had a really good time with you. I'll talk to you later in the week, you know, and we'll make maybe make plans. Don't sit there and go, okay, now should I text him back? Should I Text them back. Say, you know what? Me too. I look forward to hearing from you. Right. And that's it. Don't feel like you have to wait that out. Don't, and and don't think, well, if I text him back, he's going to think I'm too anxious. If he's for you, if you're for him, if you guys are meant to be, that will all fall into place. And I think that's what being honest in dating means. I Give your agree. honest feelings. Also, the worst thing you can do in dating is lead someone on until something better comes along. We're not children. We know if something's going to work or not work. Going exactly back to, like I said, which is a good place to be, is stop playing the games. As two adults in they a relationship, games are hurtful, they're stupid, and, and they're, they're very confusing and immature. You shouldn't be giving people mixed messages. You shouldn't be like, I, I like you today, but then like tomorrow I won't answer back any of your text messages. You know, and I, I had a friend growing up. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm still friends with her, but she's not really in my circle of friends anymore. She was always hanging on to somebody to have a boyfriend until the next best thing came mm -hmm. along. And, you know, she, he was like the friend with benefits. Mm -hmm. She really always had someone in the friend zone. But unfortunately, the guy didn't realize he was in the friend zone. Right. She wasn't clear about that. And also, ladies and gentlemen, don't put someone in the friend zone right out of the gate. Don't go on one Give or two dates and be like, no, there'll never be anything. Get to know them. The first couple of dates are so hard. Mm -hmm. You're so nervous. You want to make your best impression. You want a person to like you. Even if it's not going to be forever, you still want that person to like you. Don't count out the guy because he's a little shorter than you thought he'd be. He doesn't have as much hair as you thought. You like blondes, but he's a brunette. You know, um, for men, she's quieter than you thought. She's louder than you thought. Um... You really like girls who have bigger boobs and her boobs are smaller. Those are stupid things to count people out for. Give everybody an equal chance. Get to know them because sometimes the person that you least expect is your match, your soul person. And now, just because I want to talk about this because of how important this is, because people don't realize it, and I went through this not realizing what this was about, and I'm only speaking of one particular relationship in my life because it was very damaging, um, which is the aspect of obviously everybody knows what is wrong with physical abuse. We don't even need to take a second to comprehend why that's the worst. And that goes for you too. If you're a female, you don't put your hands on anyone Right, that either. goes both ways. No one puts their hands on anyone unless it's in a loving, kind manner. But not realizing it while I was in this situation, but realizing it after the fact... Um, I was in a highly emotional, abusive relationship. Um, very manipulative, very verbally and mentally sort of abuse. The verbal abuse kind of started towards like the end of our relationship. But the emotional abuse was because I had to travel to see this person. And the verbal abuse came 
not blatant. Right, and it wasn't, wasn't ever. Blatant. It wasn't ever like you stupid bitch or stuff like. It wasn't like that. It was more like that's what you're wearing. Right. That kind of that kind of stuff, and that's like a really I think it's a good thing. So I used to have to travel to see this person, and when I was like there and like in their presence, everything was fine. You could have asked a thousand people that saw us together, and everyone would have been like, oh my. This is the best couple. They're so perfect together and they're so this and that. And then, like, if I wasn't within this person's vicinity, they acted as though I did not exist. Like, when I would go back home, it was like, okay, whatever. And then it would be this cycle. And then, like I said, as it got towards, I mean, obviously during the length of our relationship, like, they, they had dated other people secretly publicly but you know again not relevant it was the fact of anybody that chooses to make you feel less than because that's what it started to feel like especially when the comments because for such a long time they were always complimentary and always like I was always the prettiest and the best and look at how amazing she is and then because they also had somebody else in the picture and again I'm referring to a relationship that I was in you know 12 plus years ago so a long long time then it became where it got nasty but like my mom sort of said if somebody is making comments like that's what you're gonna wear it, it was things like get a load of this when people say that to you, not good. to get a rise out of other people, they're using you to be the butt of a joke. It's like you see a lot of girls talk about like how your significant other treats you in front of their friends is so important, especially with a lot of men. You see that like once they're around their friends, like they make fun of their girlfriends or they try to act like they're cool. And that's what this person started um, to do to me specifically. And like I said, it's funny because I think back to like myself at that time. And I mean, that relationship went on from the time I was about 18, 19 till I was 22 years old. Um, and to think what would 30 year old Oriana do now? Because 30 year old Oriana would have lost her shit. I would have never allowed myself to be treated like that. And you have to stand up for yourself because you will then find yourself in other relationships where you're expecting less than you deserve. Because it only takes one fucked up relationship to change the course of how you view whatever sex you choose to date. It sets up a long list of failure and low acceptance. You'll literally accept... I accepted bottom of the barrel shit from people because of this one person in my and I life. I caution you if you are a person like Oriana who was in a relationship like that. And someone does try to intervene, a best friend, a sister, a, a parent, parent, anybody. Listen. Listen. I, I will tell everybody as a person that tries not to live with regret, my regret of not only having that relationship, but not listening to the people around me. Because not only was my mother telling me, but I had then had other friends come into this situation and were like, 
this is bad. Like, this is really, really bad. And you have to look at it this way. Your sister, your brother, your mother, your father telling you that this is a toxic relationship, they've nothing to gain. They want to see you happy because if they're happy, you're happy. If you're happy, they're happy. But to see someone suffer and you ignore them when the signs are there and all the people closest to you that you have kept in your inner circle of friendship and love and parenting, see this. They're not wrong. You are. And you just don't want to see it. And the bottom line is you don't want to see it. It's because you don't want to be alone. Mm -hmm. And trust me, it's so much healthier and better and wonderful to be alone than to be in a relationship like that. If I would have known then what the setup for those relationships in my life would have done now, I would have so much rather had spent those years by myself doing something worthwhile because some of those relationships took me away from what I wanted to do for a living. They isolated me from my mom specifically. Friends. Friends. And you have Everything. to remember something else. Even though you learn the lesson... They will rear their head in every relationship you have after, after that. that. Absolutely. Whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. You can now be happily married. And that'll still be but there. But that will still be there and still become a point of contention and like that I is said, brought up to people. That relationship specifically, because I had another relationship before that, but that relationship specifically, the one that I'm talking about, it set me up to be public enemy number one. Except I had no one to actually go through it with. People thought the worst of me because of that relationship. And I had to go through it alone, even though I was in that relationship with another person. I had to go through the ridicule and the stories and the things that people would say about me alone without that person ever once opening their mouth and saying, you know what? Leave her alone. Or she didn't do anything. Or you don't know what's going on. Or just stop picking on her. It's and that would have it's been... a sad thing. You should never once you are in a relationship, and I'm talking about a really good relationship, you should never have to face an ounce of anything alone from the smallest of small to the biggest of big. And I think our my last dating advice that I'm going to give somebody is first of all, if you're young, date. Date, 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 date. Don't you know, and I and this is why I think it's funny that people thought I was getting uh mean to taylor swift she was a young girl right of course she should date a lot of people till she finds the right one. right but you did date know. a lot of people did, so don't did, ignore so it. it and there's nothing wrong with that you should be dating a lot of people but my final dating advice to you besides date and and really enjoy it is relish it for what it is but at the end of the day remember it's it's simply getting to know someone it's simply finding that person that you choose to have your best self with and your best life with. And when you finally do find that person that you think is your forever person, be honest about your past dating. Tell them what damaged you in those relationships. Tell them what was great about it. Tell them what was terrible about it. So that you know your forever person can be all they want to be and can be all they want to be to you. Be honest. Don't make it like, oh, I always had the greatest boyfriends or girlfriends. No, they were crappy. Some of them I didn't like when they did this. Always voice to you, the person that is your forever person, what's great and what's not. Right. I think that's really amazing advice. And like I said, don't ignore things that you think are okay. 
don't make excuses. It's just flowers. <laughs> don't make excuses for things that realistically in the back of your head, you're going, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Don't do that. Don't make excuses for people's really shitty behavior. Don't make excuses for why you caught them lying, but you don't think it's really that big of a deal. If your significant other is lying to you... It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Trust and truth are the most important things you can have in a relationship. It's very so, true. we want to thank the person that gave us this topic. It was one of our listeners, one of our friends, and um, we're grateful for that. We love that you guys give us topics. It makes our job easier, and it makes you happy because you kind of feel like you're more a part of things. Um, another thing we want to talk about is our upcoming stuff. Yes, so we wanted to, again, because you guys will probably be hearing this on either Sunday or Monday. So upcoming this week, we are going to announce our two other guests when we just kind of the solidify dates. scheduling, yeah. um, which is Zach and Marsha. We will release those dates soon. But this coming Saturday, uh, which the date itself is going to be Saturday the 27th. So Saturday the 27th, mark your calendars. My mom and I are going to be joined by a special guest. Um, not only is he the former captain of the New York Rangers, Barry Beck, he's also um, my mom's lifelong friend. And he's also one of our fellow colleagues at the uh, foundation that we all work for together. And he is going to be talking all about uh, grief and mental illness. Oh, sorry. He's going to be talking all about grief and mental illness and sharing the story of the loss of his son. Again, we do want to remind everybody that um, I am going to be monitoring the questions because if you do not know, um, his son was murdered uh, last summer and it is going to be going to trial. So we want to be mindful of that but we also want you guys to know that he is open and willing to talk about everything else um he said nothing is off limits he likes to talk about everything and anything and we invite you to have your boyfriends your husbands your sons brothers friends um because this will be a really important conversation and that because we're going it, it to be covers having. so many aspects that we're about it means a great deal to us. So we really want you to be there. We really want you to be there to support um, this particular situation. Also, because money that we raise will be going to the foundation of his son. It will be the Brock Beck Scholarship Fund. His son was studying um, mental health to be a mental health advocate and worker. So that's important to us. And that's another reason we want you to know where this is going to go. We are trying to raise money for his uh, son. And it's just going to be a really good show. I can promise you it's going to be wonderful. He's engaging and articulate and fun. And he's cute. Well, he's really, yeah, he's, he's just an absolute sweetheart. So we're going to be so excited um, for you guys to have a chance to have a conversation with him. And he'll be joining us, like I said, Saturday the 27th at our usual time for the live, which is like, 10, 15, and remember, 10, this is 30. a real life famous hockey player. Yes, you can Google him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening, for watching. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you again to our listeners for always sending in topic requests. I take them frequently, so if you want to follow me on social media and send me some topics, or you can email them to me, um, we'd really appreciate that. So until next time, everybody. We love you for being here. We thank you. We hope the winds don't blow you away. And until the next time that we meet, stay cozy.